So good to see you all this morning. Can we give another, uh, another hand to the kids and youth choir? Um, they worked so hard uh, to lead us in worship this morning. And they just sang uh, at the end, Hallelujah, light has come, a Savior who will set us free. Amen? Amen. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, the one who lights the darkness, bending low to be among us as we just sang. So will you bow your heads and let's pray as we go to God's word this morning. Lord, we, we just thank you and praise you. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for coming into the world the light that overcomes darkness. And Jesus, I pray that you would be exalted and that you would work in our hearts and minds to grow our faith. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas once again, and welcome to the guests who have joined us today. We are glad that you are with us and able to worship with us today. We want to celebrate Christ at Christmas, and so in our sermon series, we have been looking at various aspects of Christ. Last week, we looked at uh, the Christ foretold and how he came in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, and today we are looking at Christ the light, Christ the light, and what does that mean for us uh, at Christmas? One of the things I love about Christmas time is the lights. Uh, I should say I, it's more of a love-hate relationship, probably. Uh, because it seems like every year when I go to put up the lights on the house, about a third of them don't work anymore. And it's like, you know, like half of the string or something. Uh, But I do love it. I do love it when it's all done and the house is lit up and the neighborhood is lit up. I don't know if, if you all do this, but one of the things we like to do as a family is to go around and, and look at the Christmas lights in the neighborhood. We've got a, a few Griswold types, which is super fun. Um, they go all out for Christmas. You know, you, you get that letter in the mail from ComEd. It's like, your electric bill is 75% higher than all of your neighbors. Yeah, that's because we go all out for Christmas, baby. You know, it's like... Um, But it's not just outside, it's not just the lights outside, it's also inside, right? We're not typically candle people in our family, but at Christmas time, we light candles. We light candles at dinner, and we light candles during our family devotions and and on our mantle place. We want light, light everywhere, light, lighting up the darkness. All of this is just a tangible reminder that Christ, the light of the world, has come and overcome the darkness. Sadly, that precious truth is lost on most people. They decorate with light even as they walk in darkness, not knowing the true light. Now, light and darkness is one of the major metaphors in the scripture. The Bible opens up with light, the very first thing ever created, overcoming the darkness in Genesis 1. And then the Bible ends with God so thoroughly defeating all traces of darkness that night shall be no more. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, Revelation 22. The fall is described as being cast, or it cast the world into darkness, into sin and evil. Hell is being uh, described as being cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Matthew twenty two thirteen. Jesus, the light, saves us from that darkness, from sin and death and hell, John 12, 46. Faith in Christ is believing in the light, John 12, 36. Salvation is described as being transferred from darkness to light, Colossians 1, 12. Holiness is walking in the light, Ephesians 5, 8. Our mission to the world is shining the light of Christ, Matthew 5. People are called, God's people are called children of light. And God's kingdom is called the kingdom of marvelous light, 1 Peter 2, 9. I just wanted you to see at the beginning that it's everywhere in the scriptures. You could tell the entire story of the scriptures using this one metaphor of, of light and darkness. And so it shouldn't come as any surprise to us to see this interplay between light and darkness in the Christmas story itself. Jesus, who's called the light of the world, is born at night when the world is shrouded in darkness, not just literally, but spiritually dark. The the angels come to the shepherds who are watching over their flocks by night, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Light, the star, lights up the night sky to announce his birth, guiding the wise men to come to the king. The the wise men come to the light, the greatest revelation of God and of his truth ever. And they worship the king. So we see this interplay between light and, and darkness. The Christmas story itself is pointing us to this powerful truth that light overcomes the darkness. Now, the Apostle John is the one that uses this metaphor of light the most, more than any other New Testament author. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, and we're going to spend most of our time here this morning. Uh, The the Gospel of Mark, Mark, he he skips over the birth of Jesus, and he goes right to Jesus' baptism and his public ministry. Matthew and Luke, they start with Jesus' birth, but John does something different. He goes way back, he goes back before the world even Began. Look with me at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I just want to point out a couple things. Notice that Jesus created the world. Verse 3 says, all things were made through him. In fact, it says, not a single thing was created without him. That means that Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is not part of creation. Jesus is God. But I want you to notice the similarities between John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1. The, the, the language is And the themes are similar in both places. Both discuss creation and light and life coming into the darkness. Both start in the beginning. See, John wants us to see that the coming of Jesus was as the coming of light in creation. Jesus is the source of light and life in the new creation, just as he was in the old. Just as Jesus gave physical life and light at creation, he gives spiritual light and life in the new creation. He is light and life bringing salvation to the world. 
And so the message for us this morning is to come to Jesus and walk in his light. Come to Jesus and walk in his light. And this morning, we're just going to look at two aspects of this uh, metaphor of light at Christmas. We're going to see first that light is like a picture of salvation, and then light is like a picture of holiness. The first tells us to believe and be saved. The second teaches us to follow and be holy. So first, light is a picture of salvation. Christ the light defeats darkness and gives light. Look again at what John says about Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I just want to say amen every time I read those verses. It says, in him was life. When John uses the word life, he means eternal life, salvation. Jesus brings the light of life into into a world that is dark with sin and, and evil and death. And that darkness cannot overcome the light. Instead, his light overcomes the darkness. In order for us to understand this biblical imagery of light, we have to understand, we have to see that light is the great conqueror of darkness. Man, it gets dark so early these days, and that is a bummer, right? When you come home at night and everything is dark and the, and the, the lights are all off, what's the first thing that you reach for when you come in the door? The lights. And the power goes out in your house, what's the first thing you go look for? Lights, the flashlight, right? And what happens when you turn it on? What happens? What does the light do? The light banishes the darkness. The light pushes it away. It makes it flee. Light makes darkness disappear. Light conquers darkness. Even even a tiny light Even a small candle pushes back the darkness. And the darkness itself cannot extinguish that light. But Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. God's light is so great when he judges the world, there's not going to be a trace of darkness left. No more sin or evil. And that's a great comfort to us. There's a lot of darkness out there in the world. And one day, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to deal with all of that. No evil will go unpunished. But I want to talk about the darkness in our hearts, in you and me. You see, that's the darkness that Jesus came to deal with that first Christmas. The Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. He dwells, the Bible says, in unapproachable light, 1 Timothy 6, 6. This presses us a little bit into light as a picture of holiness. God is holy. God does not allow darkness into his presence. That means that if there's any darkness in you, any sin, any wrongdoing, you cannot be in God's presence or go to heaven. In fact, when Jesus returns to defeat evil, you'll be judged along with those who walk in darkness. Now, that's all people without Jesus. Without Jesus, the Bible says, all people are dead in their sins, following the course of this world, carrying out their sinful desires. 
in rebellion against God. All of us by nature, the Bible says, are children of wrath, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. And deep down, I think we know that we have broken God's standard of right and wrong. We think about, have we told a lie? Have we ever looked lustfully at another person? Have we ever coveted what belongs to another person? Have we ever uh, worshipped anything other than God? Have we ever uh, stolen anything? Have we ever uh, taken God's name in vain? I think we know deep down that we all are guilty of breaking God's law. We're guilty of sin. And without Jesus, the Bible says you are darkness, Ephesians 5.8. So how do you get this darkness out of you? You get the light of Jesus in you. God sent Jesus the first time to save, to overcome the darkness. That's what Christmas is about. We read in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's good news. That is good news. You see, Jesus came and he died on a cross. He took our darkness, our sin, and he died in our place for our sin, banishing that darkness from us. And at the same time, there's this amazing exchange that happens. We get the light of Christ Credited to us. We get his righteousness, his light. So he forgives our sins, and he and now in Christ, God sees us as light. He doesn't see us as darkness. Now that offer of salvation is for all people, for all who will believe they won't perish but have eternal life. This verse is telling us that the world needs saving. But that means every person in the world That means you and me. There are a lot of differences between all the people in the world. There are differences of color and custom, differences of languages, clothing, food. But in one thing, at least, we are all the same. We are all sinners and we all need a Savior. Jesus doesn't come to a a neutral world where some people are are good and, and some people are bad. He comes to a world that is totally lost, a dark and depraved world, a world that's full of sin and wickedness and rebellion against God. And that's every one of us without Jesus Christ. So when we read that God so loved the world, the greatness of God's love is not that the world is so big, but that the world is so bad. He came to defeat the darkness God's love is seen in that he gave his only son to save sinners. That's you and me. John tells us how to be saved. He says, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Or as Jesus describes the gospel, this good news, Jesus puts it this way. You turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that you may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those sanctified by faith in me. She says, look, if you want a place among God's people, you want a place in heaven, you want forgiveness of sins, you want eternal life, then believe in me. 
On that first Christmas night, the world lay in darkness. Verse 9 of John 1 says, The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. Jesus is light for everyone. He reveals God and salvation to all people, but sadly, not everyone comes to the light. And so we read, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who all, all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Those who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, become children of God. They're born again, not physically, but spiritually. This is the new creation that we were talking about. It means eternal life and salvation and becoming one of God's beloved children. Jesus said, believe in the light. He's talking about himself. He says, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Or, as Paul puts it, children of light. Ephesians 5, 8 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 4. The Bible says that those who believe are saved, but those who refuse to believe are condemned already. John three eighteen. Why is that? This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John 3.19 If you choose darkness rather than light and refuse to believe in Jesus, you're already condemned because you've chosen your sin over the Savior. But if you come to the light and believe in Jesus, you will be saved. And we don't have any snow on the ground right now. But ever since I was a kid, I have loved playing in the snow. I love building snow forts. I love having snowball fights. I, I, I love building snowmen, snow angels, sledding, all of it, the whole nine yards. Anyone else love playing in the snow? I, incidentally, I, I chose this picture of this castle because this guy right here, look at pink flags on the castle because you know he built that for his daughter. But look at the smile on his face. You can't see it. In the picture, he's got this, that's an adult. Man, who is, in, he's in his element. That's like me in the snow. I love it. But one of my earliest memories of a, as a kid, I was probably maybe only four or five years old, is of playing in the snow in Minnesota. And I don't remember exactly how this happened, but my memory is, is that I, I fell into a big pile of snow and all of the snow came crashing in down around me. And I'm just a little kid, but all this snow comes in and crashes in on me, and everything goes dark. I can't see anything. I can't move. I don't know which way is up. I cannot get myself out of this snow. It was scary as a little kid. But it only lasted a few seconds because then my dad came, and he reached in, and he pulled me out of the snow. And as he pulled me out of the snow the light of the winter sun reflecting off of the snow was just blinding. You know that experience when it's so bright. He pulls me out, and I was thinking about that story this week, and that is such a picture of what God the Father does in sending Jesus Christ to rescue us from our sin. Because we're the ones who are buried in darkness. We're the ones 
who cannot move. We're unable to move. We're unable to see. We're unable to get ourselves out of the darkness. And God reaches in through his son, Jesus Christ, and he pulls us out of darkness and into light. We need someone to come and rescue us because we cannot rescue ourselves. Someone to deliver from the darkness that threatens death. That's what Jesus came to do, to give light and life to all who believe. So, believe and be saved. Jesus said, I came into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Could you imagine if when my dad reached in to pull me out, I refused, and instead I dug myself a little further in and I stayed in the snow? That would lead to a very bitter end. Jesus came to save Don't refuse the Savior. Believe and become a new creation. Be born again as a child of God, a child of light. Believe in Jesus, the light of life, and be saved. And then celebrate that. Man, I was so glad when my dad pulled me out of the snow. Peter says this. He calls us to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Praise God for calling you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's what this production was about today. Paul puts it this way. He says, Give thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. They're telling us, Praise God! Thank God for what he has done, for calling you out of darkness and into light through faith in Jesus Christ. You have been forgiven. You have a place among God's people. You have a place in heaven. You have eternal life. The darkness has no hold on you anymore. Brothers and sisters, there's reason to celebrate at Christmas time. Amen? So celebrate. Light overcoming darkness then first is a picture of salvation. And becoming children of light is what makes point number two possible. I want to stress this before we move on to the next point. It's becoming a child of light that makes this next picture of light possible. As a son or daughter of light, you have a new identity that leads to a new way of life. So the second picture is light is a picture of holiness, moral purity. You are light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. I love that light has no shadow. I, I need help for this. Aviana, will you come up and help me, sweetheart? Here, you stand right over here. I think we can do it this way. All right, you can do this little experiment at home. You just get a match. I'm sure your parents won't mind. Um, no, kids, seriously, Do it with their supervision, but you can totally do this, I'm sure. Okay, watch, okay? The stick, hold it up a little higher. The stick has a shadow, but the light doesn't have a shadow. The the point is, thanks, babe. You can go sit down. Thank you. The point is, is that light doesn't have a shadow. There is no darkness in the light, The Bible says this, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. 
He is holy. He is free from all sin, all evil. There is nothing wicked or unrighteous about God. He, he casts no shadow. There's no darkness in Him. Christians are to walk in the light as He is in the light. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. But walking in the light means holiness. John makes it clear that you can't claim to have fellowship with God while you're walking in darkness, while you're walking in sin. God saved us, Paul tells us, so that we would be holy and blameless before him, Ephesians 1, 4. And he uses an illustration later in his letter saying, at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. We don't walk in darkness anymore because Christ the light is in us. Instead, we do what pleases God and we produce the fruit of light, what is good and right and true. The reason we don't walk in darkness is because Christ the light is in us. Look at what he says. Paul says, you are light in the Lord. When you become a Christian, you are in Christ and Christ is in you. This is about your union with him. You're united with Christ, the light, so you are light. You don't become light. You are light in the Lord because Christ is in you. You're a new creation. You live in a new kingdom and you have power to live a new life. The power of Christ so that you can walk in the light. Water it doesn't shine. Water doesn't have light in itself. That's like us. So you have water. It's just water. But it will let light shine through it. Can you see? Now, you don't have light in yourself. But you are light in the Lord. The Lord shining his light through you. Now I have up here several different jars with various amounts of, of black paint mixed into them. That black paint represents sin, darkness in your life. Okay, When you have darkness in your life, the light doesn't shine through this one at all. But as you grow... You can see the light here, right? You see it? Can you see the light? It's getting brighter and brighter, right? The less dirt, the less sin, the less black in your life, the brighter and brighter the light of Christ shines through your life. Now, nobody's perfect. Even this jar has some black paint in it, but you can't see it. I put that in there on purpose because... Nobody reaches perfection on this side of heaven, right? Nobody. However, when Christ is in you, maybe, maybe this person isn't yet a Christian, right? There's no light coming through. There's no light in this person's life. But when you become a Christian, yeah, <laughs> you might be pretty rough around the edges. I know I was, right? You've got a lot of darkness. But what God does is he works in your life and he makes you more and more like his son Jesus Christ. More and more like the light. So that the light of Christ shines through you. See, the, the point is, 
as we grow in our faith, we grow in shining the light of Christ. As we walk in greater holiness, the light shines brighter through us. The path of righteousness, the Bible says, is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. And the beauty of this is, as you grow in holiness, you grow in joy because you grow closer to the Lord, to God. So the Bible tells us that we're supposed to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. To walk properly is in the daytime, Romans 13, 12. Over and over and over again, the Bible compares living the Christian life to walking in light. But what does that mean? What does that look like practically? Well, if we look at these texts, it means avoiding sexual immorality and drunkenness and quarreling and jealousy. We avoid filthy and foolish talk and we avoid crude joking and coveting. It means doing all things without grumbling or complaining that you may shine as lights in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, Philippians 2. It means not being unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has light with darkness? That has implications for marriage and business and friendship. It it, it means avoiding sin and doing what God commands, and there's endless examples of that. But I'll leave you with two things that you can remember. If you're a believer, if you have the light, then you'll have these two marks about you. Number one, you will listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. And love one another is number two. We'll see it in a second. Can you say that with me? Listen to Jesus. One more time. Listen to Jesus and love one another. I want you to remember these two things because this, these are two sort of overarching commands that help us walk and in, as light or walk in the light. First, listen to Jesus. Follow his voice. Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. Then he says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You have to understand that genuine faith always leads to following Jesus. Genuine faith leads to following Jesus, doing what he commands. You don't get to have Jesus as your Savior without also having Jesus as your Lord, as your King over your life. To walk in the light means to hear what Jesus says, you hear Jesus' words, and you keep them. John 12, 46 and 47. His word becomes a a lamp to your feet. You're not going to grow in holiness if you're not in God's word, and God's word is not in you. So sit at the feet of Jesus daily and learn from him. Talk with him throughout your day and listen to him. Second, love one another. Listen to this, whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. 1 John 2, 9-11 through 11. If you hate your brother or sister in Christ, then you are still in darkness. If you want to walk in the light, then love one another. I think hate is such a strong word. We're likely to hear that and say, well, I don't have a problem with that. But what does this look like? What does that actually look like in your life? Well, it looks like anger and harboring bitterness and unforgiveness and being harsh, being cold, being overly critical and so on. These are the opposite of loving one another. 
Make your homes shine with more than just strings of lights. Make it shine by loving one another with Christ-like love. With a love that is patient and kind. A love that is selfless. A love that serves. Christmas is a time of giving of ourselves for the good of others. Now, if you listen to Jesus and you love one another, you will shine as lights in a dark world. But that doesn't happen just by trying harder. It happens by abiding in the light, walking in communion with Jesus Christ. And that starts by believing in Him. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, let me encourage you again. Let me plead with you again. Turn from darkness to light by faith in Jesus Christ. Receive forgiveness of sins in a place among God's people. And then, if you're a Christian, follow him and be holy. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came to overcome the darkness. Not just out there. Jesus wants to do work in each one of us this Christmas, right now, today. So believe in Jesus and be saved, and then then follow him and be holy. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for this powerful truth that you are light and that you have overcome the darkness. Oh, that we can sing and rejoice. Hallelujah, light has come. And we just thank you and praise you for that. Lord, would you work in each one of us, each one of us, right where you need to, Lord, to bring your light. Lord, we ask this and we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.